Welcome to Saturday Strategy, the business show for the small and mighty. This is your host, Johnny Themans. Hi, welcome and thanks for joining us for this edition of Saturday Strategy, the original podcast for business owners who want to cut the crap and get the answers. I'm Johnny and I'm your host. We've got lots of information in today's episode, so if you're driving or just getting on with other stuff or not in a position to take notes, then you'll find all the links in the show notes. Or better still, subscribe to the Saturday Strategy Weekly Email News Update. Today we're going to be thinking about all of the loss and the grief that um, that we're potentially suffering at this time. Now, this isn't necessarily um, loss for people that have died, and it may be that if that's touched you and your life and your family, then you'll be feeling this um, very keenly and you'll understand that element of grief. And if that is the case, then uh, our prayers are with you. If um, if you're like the majority of people who are just missing what's normal, we are potentially suffering grief for the loss of our, our normal life and our normal things, uh, the loss of company, the loss of the workplace, the loss of, you know, whatever it is, there's lots of things that are different and change is hard to adapt to. So um, really pleased to welcome our guest on today who's going to be helping us to understand what grief is a bit more and from understanding perhaps learn some coping mechanisms for ourselves and also some ways that we can help those people around us. Lisa, thanks very much for joining us on Saturday Strategy. Hello, Johnny. Thank you very much for inviting me to come and speak to you today. I'm really honoured to be here. Well, no, it's really helpful, I think, and very timely to have you on. Lisa, I think you heard the introduction there, and and I don't want to really steer you any more around the subject because it's, it's very much something you know more about. Perhaps you could kind of talk us into the subject as you think fit and how you can how we can understand what's what's happening that's going to benefit us as business owners best. Um, you know, what, what do we need to know? Right. Okay. Well, I think to begin with, it's good to talk about what grief is. And I will just sort of simply throw back the question to you. What do you think grief is, Johnny? Well, I think we normally think about, you know, when people die and, 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 and you know, so grieving for a lost one and, you know, when the, the hole they leave in your life. But I think it's also associated with other bits of loss as well, isn't it? And it's when you've lost something. Indeed, indeed. It, most people, I think, when you mentioned the word grief, instantly think of death, sorrow, an outpouring of pain. Mm. And unfortunately, yes, people do suffer in that way. And you know, if that's happening to you at the moment, my heart goes out to you because grief is about relationships, essentially. And business is about relationships too, the relationships we have with our customers, relationships we have with our clients. So if we can understand those relationships a little bit better and what happens when grief happens, when life change happens, then I think that will give us a better insight and be better equipped going forward. So in terms of grief recovery and being a specialist, I have two definitions to offer you. One is grief is the normal and natural reaction to a loss of any kind. So it might be bereavement, it might be redundancy, it might be the loss of a business. It might simply be the loss of your everyday routine. Mm. And that, I think, is where 
the coronavirus has really uh, affected so many people because it is so extensive. It, we cannot go out. We our liberty, the things that we would normally do, have been have been stopped. Effectively, our liberty is limited. Mm. Which is where the second definition comes in. I think that that's very very useful. And grief is defined as the conflicting feeling caused by the end of or a change in a familiar pattern of behavior. So what that means is our everyday lives have been interrupted. So that familiar pattern of behavior has come to an end. We feel conflicted because, and this is the conflicted feeling, on the one hand, we may feel uh, an intense sense of confusion, sadness, we've lost our business, we may have lost uh, our friends, our, our, our whole relations, our whole way of being each day. And that is something very difficult to overcome. It's, it's very difficult to think, well, how, how is this going to be restored? So there's that, that sort of sense of confusion. I mean, I presume it doesn't have to be as, as significant as that. I mean, just the loss of human interaction is probably something that we're all experiencing a little bit. I've got to say for myself, I've, I've noticed I, I'm an ex-smoker. And one of the things I've, it, it's really how, funny how you get association. I think this is true. I'm missing human interaction and I'm craving cigarettes again. Uh, and I don't know whether there's some sort of connection there, if that's normal. It's normal and natural. And I think that that is the, the first definition is very helpful. Everybody has a unique relationship with each other. So my relationship to you is different from my relationship to other colleagues. And we have to understand it. It's unique and nobody can feel what you feel about a particular person. So if you experience grief, it may be different in other, it, for, for another person. It may be that if you, yes, you've lost, you've lost your relationship with people. So you're looking around for a short-term crutch. Essentially, mm -hmm. you're, you're looking for something just to make you feel a little better and to help you through the day. And there's nothing wrong with that. But it's being aware of that. It's mm. recognizing that that is something that you are, you have lost. Yeah. I think, I think also that, that craving, you know, it, it's a familiar craving and it's the same craving I felt when I was, when I was giving up cigarettes is a very similar craving that I have for having a chat and meeting up with people. And just to, to finish the definition, the conflicting feeling is on the one hand, you are sad, you're missing those interactions. And on the other hand, you know, smoking is bad for you, <laughs> but Absolutely. yet you're still craving and you want to do it. So it's, it's a sort of a bittersweet type of moment where you might be happy and sad all at the same time, but there's that stuck feeling and yeah. you can't reconcile it somehow. Yeah. And I think a lot of the work in normal life you, you do is, is working with companies where they've got people on long-term sick who are returning to work. And I think thinking towards the future, we're all going to be perhaps, you know, or not we all, but a lot of people are going to be having to return to work and, I think when we were talking before, you mentioned that there's there's sort of grief that can come up later. Well, talk us through some what was that what was that about? Talk us through those things because that might be that might be some warning signs and things to think about for the future. In terms of going back to work, so so what we've had is a situation where everybody's stopped, everybody's sort of doing what they can to prop up their businesses, and intellectually we're making all those right decisions. We're planning for the future to when when lockdown is lifted 
we will go back to normal, except the new normal will be another new normal. So what we're experiencing now is the new normal from what we were used to. And when we go back to normal, it will be another, no it's another life change. Yeah. The world will look the same, but it will have moved on. Things will. will be doing different. We're doing more interactive virtual meetings, whether we do as much traveling in the future. You know, all of those things have made us rethink how we're going to do business in the future. And that is potentially unsettling to, to businesses, to employees who don't know whether they're going to be in a job, whether they're going to be able to pick up the, the threads of what they had and move forward, or whether they're going to have to do it in a different way. Mm, absolutely. So I think that's very helpful because we are going to have to embrace this, aren't we, and, and reinvent ourselves or change and embrace change and you know, go with the flow because I think it's happening anyway, isn't it? So, so what, 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 what could you speak to that, speak to that Lisa, and, and what we can practically take from this? How, how do we embrace that change and um, understand, understand those emotions we've got and, and be able to cope with it really well? We have to be aware to begin with, and I'm a mental health first aider and a grief recovery specialist. And in mental health first aid, it's all about being aware of what is happening, what your feelings are. And if you can, you know, take positive action. In terms of grief recovery, what we give you is the tools for recovery. We give you a roadmap to be able to reconcile your grief and to be more resilient in the future. And that is something I think that counselling is part of most employee wellbeing programmes or occupational health programmes at the moment. What is missing, I think, counselling, don't get me wrong, I think counselling is a wonderful thing and I've had lots of it in my time, but counselling is about discovery and grief recovery is about discovery and recovery. Mm -hmm. There is that component where we are actively, you have to take positive action you have to be open and aware and want to move forward and acknowledge that grief and you're looking towards the future but there is this this emotional pain in front of you well the best thing to do is actually to work through it not go around it and distract yourself and i think a lot of what we were doing in society was not talking about grief internalizing it People were afraid of being judged from opening up about mental health. I think that's getting better. And the stigma, you know, people don't want to be seen as being weak. Well, we're all going through it at the moment. We're all having very low days. We're having good days as well. But I think that's the thing, to be aware and to be able to know where to find help to take positive action and grief recovery, the grief recovery program, which is an educational program, gives you that roadmap and those tools to move forward. Yeah, and I think that's, there are a lot of people who are, I think in business, I often say that uh, a lot of business owners are liars and uh, they lie to themselves before they lie to anybody else because uh, <laughs> you know, it, it, we have to be honest first, isn't it? I think is, is what you're, is, is, I think is that, is that what you're saying? Yes, we have to be honest with ourselves mm. and, too often i think we distract ourselves society has done it to a certain extent i would just touch on there are myths of grief that we talk about which is 
essentially comes from when we're growing up, we learn all about how to acquire things. We, we learn how to acquire a good education. We start to look for the perfect job, the perfect house, your soulmate, all those kind of things. Mm. And that's fantastic. You know, we want to live this fantastic life, but nobody tells us what to do when we lose those things. Yeah. So, okay, Lisa, can I just interrupt for a second? You said about those six uh, myths. What, what, when you say myths, what, what sort of things are you talking about? The myths of grief are really, there are, there are six identified, and I'll just run through them very quickly, and then I'll try and explain them. So they are, don't feel bad or sad, replace the loss, grieving, grieving alone, just giving it time, being strong for others, and keeping busy, Okay. Now, they may be things that you have heard people say when you've had a loss. So people might say, oh, give it time. Just keep busy. <laughs> I think I've said a few of them. Yeah. Yeah. And while that's very well meaning, it doesn't actually help the griever. And it, if anything, it, it makes them feel that you don't understand. And grief is very isolating. And when nobody is actually listening to you it makes that isolation even even greater so people don't know what to say so they just say something uh actually the best thing that you can do for a griever is to give them time and to listen actively listen to them and when i say active listening that is hearing so literally hearing what you're saying but listening and understanding what they're saying okay acknowledging what they're saying and responding mm. so when somebody starts talking if they feel able they are, start opening up you continue to listen because actually if you then jump in and say oh oh I want to they will then just shush. they will they will they will climb up and they will internalize it and they won't externalize that emotion which they need to do grievers need an opportunity to be heard they don't need to be fixed. They just need you to listen and understand without judgment. So, so right now, if, we, if we've got other people in our, in our immediate and extended networks who are experiencing grief and we want to say things that are helpful, those bits of advice, those myths are probably, I'm saying this is a statement, but I'm asking a question, those things that we're saying are probably going to do more harm than good? Yes, I'm afraid so. <laughs> Uh, that's that's a sweeping generalization but the best thing is if you can't think of anything constructive or empathetic to say don't say anything at all just listen the best thing that you can do if you actually do want to say something and acknowledge that you are hearing this person is to say i can only imagine how that feels i could guess you might feel like this so you're not actually saying i know how you feel because actually you don't know how they feel no you're guessing you're you're inviting them just to open up and just say well actually it's like this mm. it's difficult isn't it because we're all we're all suddenly um we're all we're all suddenly grief counselors aren't we if we're if we're if we're the first person they're speaking to absolutely and what grievers need is an opportunity so if you want to if you've if you notice, if you become aware that a colleague is, is not eating well or not sleeping, this is when you go back to work, obviously. But even for team meetings, if you know that somebody who normally contributes 
who isn't contributing, you know, you could just have a quiet word with them and say, are you all right? And they probably will say, I'm fine. But if you know that, if because you know them, you just push it a little bit and say, are you really fine? And that might just give them the opportunity to say, actually, I, I'm really struggling. And then they might come out and say what they're feeling. And you, I say, just listen really to them and empathize and say, I can't imagine how that feels for you. Is mm. there anything that you, you feel you need or I can help you with? And you may be able to signpost, you may know somebody that can help. So here's a, here's a practical question for you, Lisa. If, let's say, I'd experienced or witnessed something in a, in a colleague or a member of staff um, or, or, even a, or even a customer or supplier, one of those people around me in my, in my, in my business dealings and my, or even my personal network, maybe a friend, and I felt that they were being less than honest with themselves um, and they weren't all right and I suspected that and I wanted to maybe let them know that I'm there for them. Is it okay to say something like, well, when you're ready, you know I'm there for you? Or is that or is that treading into dangerous ground again? I think it's up to the individual to assess the situation to begin with. If you know this person reasonably well, or even if you don't know them well, but you have noticed they they act and they speak in a particular way, you know, you you notice that normally they will talk, but they're withdrawn, they may be looking a little tired, they may, you know, just acting slightly out of character for them. And just sort of maybe take them to one side or just say, are you feeling okay? And they may say, I'm fine, you know, and just dismiss it. But then just ask again, no, I've just noticed that you don't seem to be your normal self. Are you okay? Mm. Now, ideally, if you do this and you have a little time so that you can listen to what they have to say, because you have invited them to open up, and they can then talk about, they may, they may say, no, I'm absolutely fine. In which case, no, you just leave it there. But, okay. but maybe later you could say, I am here for you. And, you know, if you need anything, I'd like to help. Mm. Yeah. And what about if you think, I'm not sure I want to ask. I'm just thinking about what other people think, or what people might think. I'm not sure I want to ask because I'm not sure I'm the most qualified person to help. What happens if they tell me? That they're really struggling i wouldn't know what to say next so i say nothing that's a difficult one because most people feel very yes when i until i became a grief recovery specialist and knew what to say and what to do i didn't know either and i would either ignore it or i would say um oh how are you feeling and then feel really awkward because i've just known that they've lost their parents or their colleague or, or what have you and i say that was a really dumb thing to say. I'm sorry. If, if you want to talk about it, fine. If you don't want to talk about it, that's fine as well. But no, I'm here for you. I'm not the best qualified person, as you, you rightly might say, but I'm here for you. Mm. And it, the other thing is, if you feel that there is a difficulty or people are struggling, to maybe do a little bit of homework first to say, well, there is always... Um, we can use the counsellor, the, uh, the work counsellor, or signpost to an actual professional, really, if you yeah. have one. Basically, they're looking for a safe space, a safe opportunity to open up, because 
Otherwise, they may feel judged. They may feel weak because of it. They may feel a whole conflicting range of emotions. And yes, maybe you are not best qualified, but you are there at the time and you are giving them your time. And that's very precious to, to somebody who is grieving. They want your time. Then They don't want to be fixed. They just want to be heard. Yes, it's tricky, isn't it? It's very tricky. <laughs> so, um, Lisa, thank you. That's been really enlightening. I think uh, I think we can all reflect on the responsibility we have towards ourselves and our own health, and the the support and the that we can give to others and the health of those around us as well, the mental health and the uh, and and the well being of those around us. And I think pulling together as a, as a community within our own businesses and within the wider business community is something that is enormously important right now and will be really important as we come out of the lockdown and we return to whatever business as usual looks like. Um, there's going to be a lot of adapting and a lot of change required by all of us and I think we can all pull together. I think your advice today has been really helpful. But there's probably going to be one or two people listening um, that might be thinking, I've got a bit more to, to discover here. and I need to know more about this. How would they be able to reach out to you, Lisa, and find you if that was something they wanted to do? Absolutely, they could reach out to me. I'm a grief recovery specialist who is based in Shrewsbury in Shropshire. I'm on LinkedIn as The Heart With Ears. I'm on Facebook. I have a Facebook page as The Heart With Ears. And I do have a Twitter account. I'm a sole trader as part of a national and international organisation. In this country, it is called Grief Recovery UK. And they have a website that gives help, advice. There's blog information there. there they can find me on the website. Uh, there is, where is the nearest specialist to you? So you type in your postcode and my details will come up. So I'm on the phone. You can ring me. You can email me. And, you know, I'm very happy to provide my details at the end if anybody wants to, uh, to contact me. Brilliant. Lisa, I think that's been brilliant advice. Thank you very much. And uh, thanks very much for the good work you're doing as well. So uh, thanks very much for coming on today. Thank you very much for having me, Johnny. So that is it for this edition of Saturday Strategy. A uh, lot to think about and uh, a lot to contemplate. So thank you very much for sticking with us to the end. If you've got any feedback, you can reach out on WhatsApp using my mobile number, which is 07977437360. And that message will get straight through to me. So thanks again. Until next time. And remember, if you enjoyed this and you want to hear more, hit the subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts. Mm-hmm.